All right, we're live. Let's do this. I even remember my timestamps. Ooh, <laughs> that's a bingo. <laughs> you are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network. Welcome, everyone, to episode 163 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I am your host, Stephen along with my co-host Michael, and we are here on March the 10th of 2021. A lot of people are calling this Mario Day because the abbreviation for March is M-A-R, and it's the 10th, and if you turn the 1 into an I, it spells Mario if you squeeze them really close together. And for some reason, as humans, we like to do this weird thing with dates and saying, hey, look, it's Mario Day. Really, it's marketers that are like, hey, guess what we can do to sell some more stuff? Marketers are geniuses, Mike. That's what I'm telling you. Or they're evil, one or the other. I don't I don't know if they're geniuses. I think I think they know that we are we kind of look for stuff like that. Well, they're like the first right. person, like who was the first caveman that was like, How can I market this rock to the cave over there? Like, look, this rock can beat up this saber tooth tiger better than the rock you have. I mean, that had to have been <laughs> it, right? I don't know if that's what cavemen were worried about. What do I think, you I think money I think money had to be a part of the uh a part of the ecosystem before people started marketing things. Eh, maybe that's true. Well, anyway, this is episode 163 and we're here to talk about several things. First, we are going to do a deep dive into the season finale of WandaVision, episode 9. We are going to cap that um series off with a pretty big deep dive into that episode, what we felt about it, how we felt about the ending, where we ultimately satisfied, where we ultimately let down. We'll do a bunch of that stuff. I would like to talk about a game um, that I have been playing, and we can talk about some news, or we can just skip the news entirely. But but first, Michael, there are some people that we need to thank. Who are the people that we need to thank? We need to thank all the people that support us monthly um, in, in listening to the show and, and supporting th- the show through Patreon. I'm going to get these, I'm going to get these terms right this time. So one of the patrons from Patreon <laughs> is uh, we want to thank Julius, Nathan B, Michael R, Trent B, Man and Steel, um, Scout 69, Dragonheart 76, Jeffrey, I- Jeffrey H, the Gameplay Experience, RZ, and Phaedron. Those are our, our patrons who support us on Patreon, and we we um, appreciate them and want to definitely um, acknowledge them and, and what they do for us and our, our small little endeavor here that we like to do that, that takes up a lot of our time and energy. We appreciate them, and we appreciate um, their support of our show. We do indeed. And if you too would like to help them, help us, you can do that at patreon.com slash freelancer codex. Chip in a buck, you can get access to the pre-show that we do. We talk about 15 minutes about random stuff. We talked a lot about the show Meat Eater today over on that pre-show. So if you are interested in that, then you can do it. If you're not, hey, the show will always be free. So you can just listen to us talking we about random about stuff all the time. And the space program. So if you like the space program, you ought to check it out. And if you don't like the space program, why what's wrong with you? You still ought to check it out. You know, there anytime I like because then, then maybe we change your mind about the space program. It's true. Anytime I like look at tweets about the space program and like what there's always several people that are like, Why are we not exploring the rest of the ocean? We've only explored two percent of the ocean. We need to explore more of the ocean before we go to space. 
You know what? It's funny because I think about that and I'm like, okay, let, let's just, let's just really think about this. Like, like, like just this thing about it. Zero gravity in space, which creates its own problems. Right. But, but there definitely isn't a chance of being crushed to death. And, and so far we don't know of anything in space that could swallow you whole. Not yet. And, not yet, but but we definitely know there are things in the ocean that could swallow you. <laughs> I am kind of so, excited so to there's learn. There's that. Yeah, I am kind of excited to learn about the things in space that could swallow you whole, though. But also, I don't think you are. I would like to know if they exist or not. I think that would be cool. I want to see what they look like. If they like have the same, if if whatever my brain is picturing of a monster that can swallow you whole that flies through space, I want to see if that matches it's a, up to what we find. It's it's a giant whale or like a Chitari whale, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. That That's what you think is out there, don't you? Yeah, I definitely don't think there's just worms hanging out inside of asteroids that you can fly into. So, so then we have to think about this, right? Because the creatures under the ocean, like you've seen a cuttlefish, right? You've seen a cuttlefish outside of the ocean yeah outside of that immense pressure uh-huh. and it looks just like a blob of goop right yeah it's gross so you have to think you have to think opposite when you think of space because there's no gravity in space so there's nothing pushing um there's nothing pushing matter together or holding matter together i should say in like the way that we would you know you stick your hand in in water and you get all wrinkly and pruney your skin's being pushed together um so what would a creature from space look like it's got to be it's got to be like the opposite of what it would look like in the ocean so so maybe a large i don't know what would it look like i suspect That's interesting. i would suspect that they would be very crustacean like because they built themselves a outer shell that can withstand the pressures of the vacuum you think so big giant crab you think, creatures you think the bottom of the ocean and the outer space the creatures are just like yeah we got one of those too angle fit or uh Angel, angel, ang, ang, angler, angler, anglerfish. Do you think they got one of those with the giant teeth and the the light on the? They carry around their own flashlight. Oh yeah, lots of lots of like, a lot of that stuff That's going on. That's interesting. Yep. But That's anyway, yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into what we've been up to, Mike. What have you been up to? Well, today was kind of a special day for one of the kiddos in my house. We had a birthday party. Um, our, our youngest turned a year older and, and she's at that age where everything is just awesome and exciting. And she, it was fun to watch her reactions and see everything that she got to do, um, squeal when she opened presents and, you know, dive into the cake and, and have all that fun stuff. It's always fun to celebrate a little one in your life. So that was pretty fun for us. I, uh, I had a pretty intense, uh, allergy attack over the weekend. I had to be outside on Saturday doing some work and the wind was blowing. So I got into the dust and the gross. And so Sunday I felt terrible and Monday I felt terrible and going back to school yesterday, I was not, not like coughing up a lung or anything like that, but I definitely did have a change in my voice. Everybody was wondering if I, if I was dying and I'm like, I felt like it, but, but no, I'm not dying. Um, and so getting over allergies is always fun for me. It always happens right around spring break time for us, the March season change. Um, it's not very fun <laughs> right around this time. I, uh, I definitely, my Google search is full of places to live. If you have bad allergies, top 10 cities where the allergies are bearable, you know, stuff like that. So I always think about moving around this time of the year because 
my allergies get pretty pretty horrendous. Uh, still playing, still playing Oculus, playing Mist. I'm getting through those puzzles. Um, one of the things that I've learned is that those puzzles are long. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're long, and it's and it's go like it's go here, it's go there. It now it's come back over here, and like when Destiny had had puzzles like that, or um, collection quests or whatever, it didn't it didn't feel as long going from one side of the map to the other but when you're in vr and even though the island is rather small man it still feels like i'm traveling a long time and and it kind of takes a little bit out of me um like uh, like i've mentioned before i can only wear the headset about an hour i'm building up to like an hour and a half right now before the back of my head goes numb um so it i'm definitely limited by that but it's fun the uh, it's just cool to be in a virtual world like that and interact with things. Um, it's cool to see it's cool to see the payoffs when you do get to solve a puzzle. So so that's always fun. Beat Saber. I picked up the Lincoln Park expansion. Oh nice! I like the music. Yeah, I like the music of Lincoln Park. It's always um, it. What am I trying to say? I like it. You, That's what I'm trying you, to, do you remember I like I tried to add another thing? I don't know either. But back in the day, like liking Lincoln Park was like frowned upon. I don't know if you remember that, but Lincoln, like liking them was kind of like the butt of the joke. Like you like Lincoln Park? I was like, yeah, I guess I've always liked Lincoln Park. But for some reason, it was like I don't know if because they got really popular, so it was just not cool anymore to like the popular thing. And now we're finally huh. coming back around to be like, oh yeah, Lincoln Park's really good, but. So, so it must be because you're slightly younger than me, because because it was, I mean, it was cool to like Lincoln Park. Oh, the uh, the butt of the joke was if you said you liked Creed. Oh, and now it's Nickelback. That the Nickelback is always yeah. like seems to have persisted throughout time, though. No one talks about Creed anymore, yeah. but everyone still knows like, oh, you like Link Nickelback, but oh, I want well, doesn't doesn't Nickelback still exist though? Because I know Creed doesn't exist. Anymore. Nickelback still does. Creed Scott Stapp left Creed. I don't know why I know his name, and they became Velvet <laughs> Revolver, right? I thought it Velvet. was Alter Bridge. Yeah, Alter Bridge. I'm thinking of another band that broke up and became. Um, Velvet Revolver, I think. Who became Velvet Revolver? Um, I will find out. But first, while I find out, um, Mist, like, has... It, there's probably takes a long time to walk around because before times, you would just be like, I'm going to click a couple times here through these screens. Mm -hmm. I'm going to end up back here. But in VR, you're probably having to walk at, through everything and like, okay, move back here, move past this slide, move past this slide. So what is it like actually solving the puzzles in vr are you actually like give me an example of a puzzle that you've done in vr and miss and how that interaction actually works so so steve it's a lot of it's a lot of levers and buttons right because that's because that's so far right now that's that's kind of all you can do in vr um maybe i shouldn't say that maybe that's that's all i've experienced in vr so, so lots of levers. So lever up, lever down, dial right, dial left, push buttons in a in a um, in a in a sequence. Certain, yeah, in a certain sequence, right? But Am I guess I, I guess that, that's what the that's original it. mist was anyway. But now you're just yeah. actually able to see. It. Do you remember there was a? I don't know if you've gotten there before, but this is a room that actually 
gave me nightmares. And I'm trying to think if it was in the original Mist. I think it was, or if I'm thinking of Riven. But there. So I is... haven't had nightmares yet. So okay. I don't think I've gotten to that room yet. But I was also <laughs> very young. There's a room where there's a taxidermied ape head on the wall. Nope, haven't and, gotten there yet. Okay, so be prepared for that because the music in there was just, it was, the music was super creepy. It just gave this tone yeah. of, and right when you walk in in there, it's like, boom, there it is. And it's just like kind nice. of, and it just, I still remember that like as a kid being like creeped out about it. So one of the one of the things that the Oculus um, features is is motion tracking of your hands, right? And so and so that's kind of a neat feature. It's not supported in all the games that they do, um, but I think the next evolution of VR would be to maybe replace your grips, your static, use your use your, these triggers, use these thumb button sticks with a glove of some type. That that can then, um, really like really track movements. So there, um, there is a prototype that they've been showing off for the last couple of years that is a glove apparatus that has okay. a bunch of steel rods and actuators on the back of it. So if you actually go to hold like a baseball bat, the actuators will activate and prevent you from like closing your fist all the way. It'll close. And those like steel rods will like tighten down so that it feels like there's resistance and like you're actually holding a, a baseball bat. And then it That's kind of so there there's a lot of there's a lot of technology being built and prototyped around VR. And I think eventually it'll all kind of come together and we'll be like, oh, now we just have exoskeletons on and now we're fighting a dragon and we're on these omnidirectional um treadmills. So I definitely right. think there's <laughs> I actually so I have seen one of those um, things that you're talking about. It's not so much a treadmill as it is um, a very slick surface that you oh, wear yeah. little booties on your shoes. Right. And that's how you get around. And I got to thinking to myself, you know what, self, I don't care what game it is. <laughs> I'm probably not going to get this because look at it right like like i will skip that and go straight to holodeck like that's i think that's going to be my vr progression i'll have the oculus for now and i'm probably not going to get anything else until the holodeck comes out because that's that's kind of where i want to be i don't want to yeah. strap myself into this into this you know it's how can i best describe it it's it's like so it's like you're on a little mini trampoline and then there's something yeah. holding you in place so that you can lean forward and you can uh -huh, slide you do along have to the strap surface. in so you don't so you don't fall and and whatever and it is you put little booties on your shoes and and that's how you move around and it tr tracks that and 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 uh, applies that to the game that you're in but then you've got the thing on your head like like I guess I'm to the point where where I probably won't buy into the technology until it's as small as it can get. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's either holodeck or matrix, right? We're either being yeah. projected in a room where hard light can be created, and now all of a sudden you're on a boat, or you're jacking in, and then you're jacking out, and then yeah, I'm going to stop the joke. I'm going to stop the joke. Okay, I'm going to stop the joke. Please don't use that. So, yeah, Vel that. so um, Velvet Revolver, so yes. really quick, was Velvet Revolver okay. was an American hard rock group consisting of Guns N' Roses member Slash, 
Duff McGagan for the bass and backing vocals, and Matt Sorum drums, and alongside Dave Kushner rhythm guitar, and formerly of punk band Wasted Youth, and Scott Whalen, lead vocalist, formerly of Stone Temple Pilots. So they were an amalgamation. It's like they put a bunch of rock groups into a blender, and that's what came out. Velvet Revolver. And that's what came out. Velvet Revolver. Yeah. So that's yeah. funny. That's so, funny. Um. And then, like I mentioned, just to finish up, just to finish up, we've got spring break coming up. So that's exciting time for our kiddos. We get to take some time off, not have to do too many things. We might take a trip. We might get out of town, find a beach somewhere. That's always fun to do. Um, but yeah, that's about all we're, that's about all we're doing. Um, soccer is kind of getting back in the swing of things. It's fun to watch um, Kaibosh play soccer. And then baseball should be starting up soon for Luke. And and so there's definitely activities for the kids that take up a lot of our time, which is good. I enjoy I enjoy watching the kids play. It's definitely very um, cathartic for me just to watch them go out and have fun and be kids. So very cool. That's what I've been up to this week, Steve. What you been what you been cracking at? I will tell you. I, as we all know, in the last couple of weeks, I have been in a video game slump. I'm pleased to announce that I have broken my video game slump and I finally found something that I've been really enjoying playing and it's very possible that it actually might be up and running right now and I've been playing it during the podcast. But I would never do something like that. I would definitely focus 100% on everything that everyone's talking about. But so, I want... uh, are you winning now then? Dude, so this is the farthest I've made it so far and I'm like, I can't turn this off right now because I'm finally at the first boss so I'm just going to have to pause it. Okay, I want to talk about Loop Hero. Loop Hero is from the team called Four Quarters, Four Quarters Team and it's published by um, Devolver Studios. Okay, so it's this... Not to is... be confused with the Velvet Devolver, right? <laughs> so Devolver Studios, they broke up a bunch of them, people from Blizzard, V1 Interactive, and other people became Velvet Devolver Studios. Um, nice. Okay, so this is from the website, and I, I, I'll read a little bit of it. I just want people to understand what this game is. So, the Lich has thrown the world into a timeless loop and plunged its inhabitant inhabitants into an ever en- a never-ending chaos. What Wield an expanding deck of myth... myth- oh, man... I'm going to struggle with this, Mike. I can do this. I promise. Hold on. All right. Here we go. Wield an expanding deck of mystical cards to place enemies, buildings, and terrain along each unique expedition loop for the brave hero. All right. That is the synopsis of the game. Now, if you read that, I would totally understand if you were very confused. So I want to, I'm going to explain a little bit of what this game is. So you wake up. There's You have no memory of anything. A lot of people have no memory of anything. It is 8-bit, first of all. So we're going way back to the NES, Final Fantasy, Legend of Zelda. It looks like this. So you start off, and a little grid is placed before you, and it's random. So we'll just say for right now, it's like a, it's a square. So this grid pops up in a square. There is a campfire, and your little person is indicated in just white blocks. So you look very generic. It's like a stick figure of white blocks. So you start walking around this loop, and this is automatic. You start walking like the computer just does it for you. You don't have to touch anything. You can control how fast you walk just by like, hey, speed up this game, and you start walking. So enemies appear on this path, and when you cross over an enemy, you it 
pulls up this screen and it shows your character in a little bit more detail and the enemy and you fight the enemy and then you this is also done automatically um, you don't have to do anything you'll just fight the enemy and you continue on this loop and this happens over and over again creatures will pop up you attack them you kill them the creatures can drop several things so they can drop items and as they drop items, you can um, replace your gear on the fly. So if this slime ball drops the sword and it's a four to five damage, and then this other one drops a mace and it's five to six damage, you can replace it automatically. So you're getting loot um, from all these creatures. So it's kind of like has these a looter aspect to it because of all this stuff is randomized. And there's right now from where I'm at, I have I have access to a ring, a shield, armor, and a weapon. So I have those four slots that I can fill, and there's more slots that I don't know when those are going to open up, um, but they're probably going to open up in the future. So you're swapping this gear out. So also while this is happening, their drop, you have at the beginning of the game, you have a deck of cards. In the deck of cards, you have things like mountains, meadows, you have graveyards, um, spider sacks, a bunch of different things that you can place around this loop. What do you uh, do with the spider sacks? Um, I don't know. I like deactivated that card. I'm not messing with anyone's spider sacks. So you can place these cards around the loop and it will do certain things. Like if you spawn a graveyard, it will like a chest will appear. And once all the way when you get around the loop, a chest will appear at the beginning of each run. You can put down a forest. Inside the forest, it'll spawn were-rats. And if you cross through the forest, you'll fight these were-rats. And there's like a vampire house. There's um, a bunch of things that will spawn based on these cards that you have. And you want these things to spawn because as you're killing these stronger monsters, you're getting better loot. You're also getting more resources to take back to your home base. So there are a lot of systems involved in this game. Also, like if you die, you go back to your base and you only get like 30% of the materials you gathered. Along the loop, as you lose health, you can say, hey, I need to get out of this loop. You go back with only 60%. Or if you make it all the way around back to your loop, you can leave from your fireplace and then you get all the, all the materials. But the game wants you to continue, not just doing one loop. It wants you to go. It's almost like a racetrack. It wants you to go do around. You, uh, do you remember that episode of Friends where Joey is supposed to be hosting the uh, the game show called Bamboozled? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that, that has like 64 different steps before you get to the end. Yep, kind of what this game it, it really like. is. It, it really feels like it, too. And like I was saying, I was like, you know, I've been in this like game rut of not having a game I really want to play. And this one that comes along and it's like, what is this? And I'm like, really, really into it. And I'm just like all the way in because of all the different systems that there are, because this game is a roguelike. If you die, your loop resets. You have to do everything again from the beginning. Get your gear back. Build up the loop again. Get all these materials. And even though it's like punishing to die, it's still satisfying because you take these materials back to your base. Oh, I can build a blacksmith. This will give me this. I can build an apothecary and now I get like potions that'll help me out. Oh, I can build a farm and it's going to give me this. Now send me back oh, to so, my... So it's Minecraft. Very similar, yes. Um, so then you build your deck and you're like, okay, because I built this in my base and I now have access to these cards and this card does this, this card does this. So now you're like doing a miniature deck builder which is like, so you're doing that, and then you're back in the loop, you're getting gear, you're killing things, you're seeing how far you can push it. Right now, like, I'm at the end, 
Like there's there's a bar that fills up that tells you how long the day is. And eventually there's a bar under that that tells you when the boss will spawn. And it takes a really long time. So when that finally fills up, the boss is going to spawn. And this is going to be the first time I've ever spawned the boss because I've never gotten this far. And I'm like, okay, now I got to do this. I've got to make sure I have enough health at the end for when I get there, I think I might actually be able to defeat the boss. So there's a lot of systems in place. And it's for some reason, it's like really, really satisfying. I think partially a lot of it's like the nostalgia hit. Because it reminds me of Final Fantasy on the NES. It reminds me of The Legend of Zelda. The music is really good. I don't think the writing is very good. Like, there's some, I think there's some translation issues. Like, the story is kind of generic and throwaway. But the whole loop of the thing, and it, there's so much going on. You know, when you're like playing SimCity and you're seeing all the cars go through all the roads and you're just like, so much is happening. So you feel like you have done a lot. There's mm -hmm. that aspect to this at all because there's enemies everywhere you're going through, you're fighting, you're switching out gear, trying to maximize like how much health you have. It's a really cool game. It's on sale right now for on Steam for 12 bucks. And I've been like playing a ton of this game and it, it's difficult. It's not easy. Or maybe I'm just an idiot, which is very possible. <laughs> But also, like, outside of the loop, Mike, you can build a bunch of stuff. Like, there's rocks and, like, mountain cards. So, like, I was just messing around, and I'm like, okay, if you put a bunch of rocks together, you get a bonus to your health. So I put a bunch of them together, and I'm like, I clicked one in, and, like, when I made a grid of nine of them, like, the rocks disappeared, and they became, like, this big mountain. And now harpies started nice. flying out of the mountain, and gargoyles started flying out of the mountain. So it's, like, something I discovered, like, having no idea. I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. And like, there's a so, so it's what happens when like a controlled substance meets like a video game server. Then exactly, like whatever it is, <laughs> like I'm gonna put it right into my veins, and hopefully, like I don't want it to come out. But it's it's got its hooks in me. Again, it's only twelve dollars. Like I highly recommend it to anyone, even if you don't like it. Like I don't know, get a refund. It's twelve bucks. Um, but I'm having a ton of fun with it. Like I've barely even scratched the surface because I'm really bad at it. Like have, part of me wants to go like do all this research and find out like what are people doing to win? But then the other half is like, why? It's like, I'll experience this on my own. If I discover secrets, cool. If I don't, whatever. I'm like having fun with it and it's really cool. And that is Loop Hero by Four Quarters Team. And that is available on Steam. Like this game could be on an iPad. It could, it should be on my phone. If it was on my phone, I probably wouldn't get anything done at work. Um, but yeah, Loop Hero is really cool. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to play more. I'm excited for this podcast to be over so I can finish my first run. And finally, <laughs> we're shutting the podcast down now. So shut it down. And that has been episode 163. Steve's got to go play a game. Yep. So here we go. That is what I have been up to. All right, Mike, let's go ahead and skip the news. There's some stuff that's happening. Bethesda finally. Oh, let me write this down before I like mess up my. And let me play this thing, and then I'll just read off some stuff from memory. Here we go. <laughs> All right. I got to talk to you about something. So this just in, Loop Hero. You know what, you know what our, um, you know what Justin Timberlake has to say about Loop Hero? So good. What does he have to say? So good. Are you kidding me? That is how it's done, my man. 
That's his uh, official review of Loop Hero. Okay, um, a couple things that we can talk about. Um, V1 Interactive, creators of Disintegration have shut down. That's very sad. Um, Leto was the creator of a lot of parts of Halo. Um, Disintegration was an interesting concept. Came out to a lot of mixed reviews. Not a lot of people played it. I just think it was the whole first-person grab cycle wall controlling dudes was just something that people weren't really into. Um, so it's unfortunate. I feel very sad for V1 Interactive, but they have shut down. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So Bethesda finalized their deal. There's a lot of people talking about Bethesda. There's been some really weird takes about um, some of the IGN people were like, yeah, um, Microsoft should shut down the Avowed team and just work on Elder Scrolls, which is like, whatever, IGN. Um, so that's happened. So Microsoft's going to have a lot of exclusives that they can play around with. They probably won't all be exclusive. I don't know why they wouldn't get people into Game Pass and then you'll be playing all the games for Bethesda. And there's some other stuff going on. But really, that's all the news that we're going to touch on because we want to talk about one division and it turns out mike we usually talk about an hour and a half of one division so i've got some loop hero to play so let's burn through this one division right we can do it let's do it one division strap in this is season finale all right at the beginning i would like to say that there will be many many spoilers we are going to go over everything that happened in episode nine, titled Season Finale of WandaVision. We're going to go through scene by scene. We're going to go through line by line. We're going to dissect, dissect. Maybe not line by line, because that, that oh. can get a little tedious, but we it's are going to go scene by scene. So let's set the scene here. There are a lot of expectations for this season finale. There has been rampant wild speculation, which is my favorite type of speculation because conservative speculation <laughs> sucks because who cares about conservative speculation? Yeah, I think Wanda's going to probably live at the end. That's She'll prob probably be in the episode. I think Vision will be there. Vision will probably have some lines that he says to Wanda. That's probably my best prediction. Yeah, forget that noise. We're talking wild speculation. We're talking Galactus eat the world speculation. We're talking John Krasinski show up as Mr. Fantastic speculation. All right. So in yeah. part one of episode nine, we open up. Um, this is just after Agatha has revealed herself as, or Agnes reveals herself as Agatha Harkness. She's a witch. She's been alive for a really learn long her, time. Learn her. Um, she's not a witch. I'm your wife. And Wanda and the boys are, or Agatha has got the boys tied up with her little magic-y spider things. And Wanda goes out and she's like, yo, what What I do, what I do. Um, so Wanda frees the boys and sends them back to their room like any uh, mother would do. I just freed you. Good mom would do. Now, go please go back to your room. Wanda hits Agatha with a, light, with, a, uh, with a blast of her red power. And Agatha makes this noise that I had to capture. That's a, uh, sounds like a good video game noise. Or like um, someone in a fighting game throwing a fireball. So when you do your down forward B attack, it sounds like this. I could be a I could be an audio designer. So um, I like it. yeah. So we learn a little bit about Agatha and what she's up to. So Agatha's like, "Yo, this is my deal." I take power from the undeserving. It's kind of my thing. So Agatha, we already know that thinks that Wanda is undeserving of her power. So, what do you think, Mike? Do you think Wanda's undeserving of the power? 
Do you think she should have it? Um, do I think she's undeserving? I don't think she's undeserving. I think she has shown that she can use it to great effect for good and for evil. I I think that, that the way that she got her power, it was kind of, right? Because then, because last episode, we kind of, quote unquote, learned that she was a baby witch who then had her powers enhanced. So, so someone born with powers probably isn't undeserving of them. Um, She's a mudblood. Someone who like maybe versus someone who who maybe had their powers forced upon them against their will. Um, but but I don't think she's undeserving. She she definitely is uneducated in them. Yeah. So then Agatha proposes a a trade to Wanda. She says, "Hey, give me your magic." And I will let you keep the hex and let you keep her family. So one is like, no, I don't think so. She throws a car at um, Agatha, and we get the cool little like um, Wicked Witch of the West boots sticking out from underneath the car, which I thought was pretty funny. And then, yeah, um, Cataracts Vision. I'm going to call him Cataracts instead of calling him White Vision. I think because uh, you know he was codenamed Cataracts, and I think that's like okay, we'll just call White Vision Cataracts because I think that's kind of clever. So we'll call them cataracts because there's a lot of vision on vision action in this show. And if you're into vision and vision action, then like don't search that on then YouTube, this, okay? Then this isn't the podcast for you. No, it's not. So cataracts shows up and Wanda's like, yo, you're the vision. And he comes up to Wanda and takes her in between her hands and starts to crush her head. And cataract says, And I was told you were powerful. Which is kind of scary. Well, see, and this... Well, but this part is weird for me, Steve, because like Vision shows up not looking like any of the Vision that Wanda has ever experienced before. And she doesn't ultimate and she doesn't. Um, I just lost the word I was going to say. She's not like, she yo, what's going immediately, on here? Yeah, she doesn't immediately like destroy him. Right. She's like, oh, it's you. But like any fool can see that it's not him. So anyway, that was. Yeah. Yeah. So White Vision shows up, and then finally, or Cataract shows up, and then our Vision, our our Wanda Vision, finally shows up and takes um, out Cataract's Vision, and they kind of do a little battle, and they're like, "Yo!" They do that super that Spider-Man uh, meme where they're like pointing at each other, and it's pointing like, "Where's like it's you?" Um, yeah. So then after this, I, I I wrote this down because when when Vision saves Wanda from Cataracts, um, Wanda does her does a superhero landing. So this is the second superhero landing of WandaVision, and I'm surprised we only got two. We should have got more. So Vision throws Cataracts into an RV, and I don't know if a lot of showrunners or a lot of people in television know that RVs don't explode like they're packed with four tons of C4, but this one certainly <laughs> did. Like most, they don't, huh? most RVs probably have a little bit of propane on them. I don't know. Like how much propane does an RV need? Like maybe like a 10, 10 gallons at most of propane. And generally, pro that, right? yeah, generally propane does not explode like that. But anyway, it's just something I yeah. picked out. Um, so then they start fighting and then Wanda and Agatha have a quick chat. I should have told you everything. The moment I realized what I had done. It's all right. I know why you made this world, but this... I can fix it. Can you? Yeah, so Wanda and Vision have a quick chat. And Vision is finally realizing, like, okay, like, I don't belong here. Something's up. I 
probably not going to survive this. He's a, he kind of already knows what's going to happen, which is kind of right. sad for Wanda because this whole show has kind of been about grief and despair and like how broken Wanda actually is. And I think, I don't know if the show did a great job like lining all of that up from the beginning because in the last three episodes, it's really kind of like hammered that home. Like Wanda's pretty broken. And I think it would have been a better, I think I would have given the show more credit if they kind of started lining that up. Started earlier. out with that or set that up at the beginning and kind of like, but then, but then, but then we would be saying, oh, this was predictable and this and that. Right. So, so I think they ended up, they ended up setting up a pretty good twist at the end. Cause you can, you can call that a twist from what we thought we were going to get. Um, so I think in that aspect, they did a decent job here. Yeah, and I definitely, like, the relationship between this vision and Wanda, like, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, I think, really make this show shine. I think right. if this was, if you took the show and replaced those two actors with different characters, like, there's no way that it has this level of impact, because I think they did that good of a job right. of kind of, like, nailing their characters and who they are. Um yeah, so while they're fighting, uh, Monica is kind of trapped in this in this room, and she's trying to get Wanda's attention. Which I'm like, why are you trying to get their attention? You see, they're like they're doing battle. Like I don't think Wanda's yeah. gonna just gonna like come over and say, "Yo, what's up?" So anyway, Wanda tries to get her attention while in the home of Pietro. Pietro knocks her to the ground, uses powers, smokes her. Vision and Cataracts fight a little. Everyone's favorite director, for some reason, has Jimmy brought to him. This is. I'm I'm going to go out on limb because like my wild speculation that there was two hexes because everything that was happening outside of the hex was so dumb that no normal person would do that. I believe it still continues into the season finale even though we know now that there were not two hexes. But um for some reason, unbeknownst to anyone, there's no explanation, there's no dialogue, there's nothing that would make director Haywood call for Jimmy Woo and be brought to him. Yeah. In this scene, I will paint the scene for the people that are driving down the road or they're like, you know, jogging and listening to the Free Latcher Codex. Jimmy is brought to Director Haywood. And Jimmy's like, you'll never get away with this. As if the director didn't even know why he was there. Like, there's no, the conversation that they have doesn't mean anything. There's a cell phone on a desk in front of Jimmy. There are two guards behind Jimmy. There is two people in front of Jimmy. He sees it ringing and he moves up to it and he steals it. There are two people behind him watching him steal a ringing cell phone. It's a ringing cell phone that no one is paying attention to. And Jimmy pockets it. I've lost so much sleep over this scene. But remember that at this point, he's also handcuffed. Also handcuffed. He has to do a a backwards steal where he sits on the table and... And I'm like, what is happening? We get here? a we get a couple seconds of Jimmy Woo butt, which I guess there's probably someone out there looking for that. But I, I just want to like reach through the screen and be like, showrunners, like, why even show this? There's it exactly. it serves zero purpose is except to be like he got a cell phone. Like you could have said he's magic and he flipped a cell phone out of his hand. It's like. It serves no purpose, and I get hung up on stupid stuff like this because it doesn't matter. But I'm like so mad that like, come on, guys, we're not dumb. Like everyone in so again, everyone though, in sort is again dumb. though the big issue with this whole with this whole part of the series, this whole part of the show, 
is what's the point of these characters? What is the point of an evil sword director who who really, Steve, if we, if you were to boil it down a little bit, right? And and I don't want to give it all away before we get there, but but it turns out what Wanda was doing, not the best thing. So so having this sword director come in and try to break in, capture Wanda, defeat Wanda, stop whatever it is that she's doing, it it doesn't necessarily come out of left field. It kind of makes sense that you would want to try to do that. Um, but it just wasn't done properly because really at the end, all, all he's boiled down to is evil plot character C, right? He doesn't even... He doesn't even merit like even a final tie-in at the end of the series. He's just kind of carted off and nobody really says anything. No, you're you're right. And it's important to like point that out that like Hayward like wanted to stop Wanda. Ultimately, he's right. Mm -hmm. But as we like have kids like and any adult knows like or any if you see a chimpanzee outside in the street with a gun like... There's ways to deal with that. Yeah. Like Hayward's way to just blowing up the chimpanzee. I guess you could deal with with like that would deal with it (laughs) unless the chimpanzee was magic and could, could like, you know, take over your mind. But like, you don't just be like, Oh, we tried to shoot her. Um, I don't know. Let's, and we'll talk about other things in there. Like Hayward was right. She needed to be stopped, but the way Mm -hmm. he was written, the way he went about every single thing that we did was so dumb. Like there's no and, and way, the way you that become... we were taught to look at him as the audience, right? Right. He was he was the bumbling evil guy that was just the evil guy, so that we could have this this other group of of Jimmy and Darcy and Monica be the antithesis to him and be the the uh, protagonist to his antagonizing. And I'm like, is that is that really what this is? That that's who he is as a storytelling device. He's just the guy that Jimmy can can ultimately get a get a gotcha moment on, but right? It, because after he steals the cell phone and he calls somebody, right? Again, who did he call and why does it matter? Because I don't recall anybody notable showing up. But anyway, he steals somebody. And then, Steve, this is the move that I love. This is the move that I love in every in every movie. Let's take this guy who we know is going to be a threat who we know should be watched all the time. And you know what? Let's put him in a corner of a barn and let's immediately turn our back on him. Yeah, because that makes sense. So we, that makes we've sense. We've gotten to the point where as audience members, we have seen this trope over and over. Story writers, showrunners, please understand that it's time to put that to bed. Okay? You have to be more clever in your writing to figure out how how said character is going to either communicate with the outside world, get him at. It would have been such a better payoff, Steve, if Jimmy was able to use some of his up close magic that he obviously learned that we got in episode one that he got from, from having his interactions with Scott Lang, it would have been a much better payoff. Had he done, done some sort of distraction misdirection to get a message out 
instead of, all right, now I'm going to hide behind this bale of hay. I'm going to use this safety pin that all FBI agents carry around in their back pocket because, because of course they do. Like you do. And I'm going to use a safety pin to pick a lock behind my back on a pair of handcuffs because what FBI agent doesn't know how to do that? Oh, yeah. I'm going to use this phone that's not mine that is unlocked all the time because people do that in today's world is leave their phone unlocked. And I'm going to call somebody who's going to A, who's going to A, answer this number. Do you ever pick up a number that you don't recognize? Uh, No, my phone automatically sends it to junk mail. Exactly. So who's going to answer that call to begin with? And who's going to be like, all right, Jimmy called me. I guess I better come. Yeah, it and just it just doesn't. There are so many things that fall apart in this in this aspect of this story that that really pulls you out more than it should. Well, and and it makes me feel like okay because there the sword stuff took up a lot of a lot of episodes. It's like if you took this out and you told the more like just Vision Wanda focused Agatha story, like we could have gotten more Agatha as an actual Mm -hmm. bad guy if she is a bad guy. But when I was thinking about Hayward's plan, like what is Hayward's plan? Hayward tells Jimmy his master plan. We'll never be able to cover this up. I won't have to. Wanda canceled her show, so there's no footage proving there was ever more than one vision. Now there's sword HQ security tape and evidence of tampering, no doubt. No one's going to care once I've eliminated Wanda Maximoff. They'll believe that the vision who emerges from the Westview rubble is the same one she illegally tried to bring back to life. They'll thank me for recovering such a valuable asset. You could be a part of that victory, Jimmy. If only you had a little more vision. See, and this is, I don't want to harp on this section too much, but Wanda didn't take vision from S.W.O.R.D., She left without him. Mm-hmm. So, 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 what's happening, right? So, because, moving on because we're told because we're told in episode seven, he didn't he, didn't he tell Wanda that right? So, so that's what we're led to believe. We're led to believe that the vision that we've seen throughout the show is the vision that was the vision that we all know, right? But then we learn that Wanda. Have we gotten that's that's in this episode, right? Well, no, that was in the last one. Like Wanda, that last episode. Yeah, we know that Wanda created Vision, creates him. So this isn't this isn't any iteration of Vision that we have ever met before. In episode one, we meet this we meet this Vision brand new. He has not a single ounce of vibranium in him because I don't know if Wanda can just create vibranium. Right, she, it he's says more that, of just a projection at this point, right? Right, he's a projection because he just disappears at the end. Um, he was yeah. created uh, from a piece of the mind stone that was inside of her all along. It was the yeah. it was the mind stone all along. So it's like there's just so then, many see, plot holes. Because then that this don't... creates all kinds of holes. Because then, because then, how is Hayward tracking Vision? Remember the Halloween episode? He's like, we're tracking him, and and so how is he tracking? Yeah, because it he... wouldn't even be vibranium. And Hayward shouldn't even know. I, I guess from the TV show Seeing Vision, that's how he knows that she's there, that he's there. But yeah, it's just yeah. Anyway, we should move on because yeah. because we could spend we could spend the rest of the time just <clears throat> nitpicking at this. Really, we need to get 
Wanda searching for Agatha in the town square because they're in the middle of their battle. They're facing off. We think that this is going to come to an amazing head. And then we hear Agatha start to explain about the Darkhold. And and I believe this is the first time the, the book, The Darkhold, is actually mentioned by name in the series. Correct. Right? Yep. Did you know there's an entire chapter devoted to you in The Darkhold? That's the book of the damned. Scarlet Witch is not born, she is forged. She has no coven, no need for incantation. I'm not a witch. I don't cast spells. No one taught me magic. Your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. It's your destiny to destroy the world. I'm not what you say I am. So that line about so I have to sh- I'm going to cut you off because I'm okay. going to have to share something about this because because when because when Agatha says that that line, I uh, I did a an audible <gasps> while we were watching it while my wife and I were watching it and she goes why did you do that what happened because <laughs> and then I had to point out stronger than the sorcerer supreme so that was like oh uh, for me so yeah so also she's destined to destroy the world that seems kind of important for the future of the mcu that wanda mm-hmm. maximoff could potentially be a um antagonist for the rest of the heroes that we have which i would actually really enjoy seeing wanda turn into a big bad either by being influenced by the dark hold and whoever is behind the dark hold whether it's um Cthune or um Shathan, however you say that so i think it'd be interesting that we have a villain like wanda instead of having a nameless army like we've had with the ultron robots or the chitari or the people the thanos army what was thanos's army the called? black they were called something the black something or i forget we looked it up one episode and i completely forgot because that's how how much I care about nameless armies in all these movies, but it would be interesting if we had someone as powerful as Wanda that the heroes had to take down, especially because like, Oh, that's our friend. Now we can't just go like lopping people's heads off because that's someone that, you know, so I think that would be pretty important. And it's it's funny because this line actually like gave me some hope that we may see um, Dr. Strange, right? I'm like, Oh, they mentioned him. So he's got to come to like be the one who finishes this off. So I got I get I got pretty excited at this point looking for for when uh Doctor Strange was going to make his debut. Yeah. So then after this Agatha frees the people of Westview and they start to confront Wanda then we cut over to Pietro and Monica. Monica's just like hanging out while Pietro's there and she's looking through a bunch of photos and receipts and she like finds out who Pietro really is. Agnes doesn't live here. You do. Oh, you're Ralph Boner? Boner. <laughs> um, this is one of the points where the internet is kind of losing their collective minds. Turns out that Fiatro is just some guy, I don't know, just some guy to me. So this turns is... Out, turns out, Steve, that Fiatro is just a boner. Fiatro is just a boner. That would be correct. Um... And I think a lot of people are upset. I am. So you I'm tell me. You it. tell me why you're upset. Because because this is one of the things that that I have is a problem in the MC. It, it's not even just the MCU. It's in movies and storytelling to begin with. 
Um, everything has to be connected to everything, right? I think we would have been just fine had had Ralph never even been mentioned again. I had forgotten that Ralph was a person. I had forgotten that that Agatha even made mention to Ralph. For 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 all I care, the the rabbit could have been Ralph, right? I I think I also have have issues with the name, right? Because it's obviously supposed to be a joke, right? Because haha, <laughs> boner's a funny word. And I'm like, like, come on, guys. Like, what are we doing here? Because because really for me, Steve, I think what it's saying is that is that this character was a joke from the beginning. When really this character, we all thought metal meant a lot of things. We thought this meant X-Men at one point. We thought this meant now we get to call them mutants. We thought this meant um, huge crossovers and, and all kinds of things happening in the MCU. When really it was just a throwaway joke by, by the same actor who I think did a really good job in the series ultimately. But, but then really just didn't mean anything at all. Yeah. And, and, and still didn't because this... And again, I've I've shared my issues with 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 the character Monica from the beginning. Like like this bugs me. This these two characters, this arc bugs me. Like director Hayward bugs you. Yeah. What's the point? What does it do to drive the story? Nothing. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people that are like, well, you should have, you know, you shouldn't have been speculating, and you were married to your to your speculation and you're just mad that your theories didn't prove, you know, to be true or whatever. And I think there's some of that, whatever. Like I'm, I'm not too, we know, like we've been wildly speculating about things like forever that like, yeah, it's cool when our stuff is proven correct, but when we're wrong, it's like, okay, we are wrong. Like half the fun is like having these wild speculations, even if they turn out to be right or if they turn out to be wrong. However, in this instance, the only reason you cast this actor is because this actor played Quicksilver in another property. Yep. You knew, you know, you knew what I was when you picked me up, to quote a, a famous thing from our childhood. Yep. The writers knew that we would take this reveal, and it was meant as a big reveal. It was meant to, it was the last shot of an episode. It was a cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. One of the coolest cliffhangers, I think, in recent TV history. Like, it's a cliffhanger that I was like, it got me on my feet. I was like pointing at the screen, like Spider-Man doing the Spider-Man thing. Like, I think it was really well done. Like, the payoff isn't very good. And, and I do kind of feel like a little betrayed that like, Oh, that was it? Because there's no reason other than getting your fan base riled up and excited about the possibilities, there's no reason to cast this actor as this character. You could have gotten the original Pietro. And if you got the you, original... You could, have, you could have gotten, you could have gotten, you know, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent number two from... From um, what you call it? From, from Agents Age of, of Shield, or, right? or from whatever. And really, yeah. like, like someone was saying, like someone was like, "Well, we needed, we needed Wanda to believe that was him, so that we would believe that it was him." It's like, no, you don't. Like, you could have written a different storyline. Like, if this was going to be your payoff, I would not have written that storyline unless I was going to pay that off. 
because otherwise it's like a pull the rug out from under your audience and especially like in the middle of your season finale i was like seriously like and that's in the middle of the you know i'm supposed to be like oh my gosh here we go that train's supposed to be rolling down the tracks ready to run into the wall where everything explodes except someone pulls the brakes like right in the middle and i'm like Okay, I guess. Because you're right. He like did a great job as Pietro. It was mm-hmm. like perfect. And if he would have like been like, "Yeah, I'm Quicksilver." Like, okay, that's cool. We've got a we've got Quicksilver back in the MCU in this form, and there's more possibilities for more crossover cuz right now, it's like that's kind of a shutdown of mutants and like, you know, the other realities coming in. Anyway, we can and, and really really ultimately, it's a shutdown of one of the coolest aspects of the show that you've got going yeah i agree so so yeah so then monica's like hey what's going on here she um tosses the fake speedster to the floor removes the necklace and now they're no longer being controlled so we cut to billy and tommy they're like yo we got to go help mom over at the town square there's a bunch of stuff going on the citizens confront wanda about what she's doing to them and i think this is like one of the most powerful scenes like in in the entire um series is they like start getting really angry at her telling her like hey um you know what can my kid just be a part of your thing she can be the bully just can you let her out of her room like wanda is kidnapping and entrapping like hundreds of hundreds of people and their children in westview and like at some point she was like, I'm, oh, I'm not aware, but I am like, you're happy. This is good for you all. And she like gets mad and like, she starts to choke them all with her chaos magic. And she's like, okay, stop choking them. Do you think that was a purposeful choke or was she like, I think emotionally she, react- I think she was kinda- emotionally reacting and wanted it to stop and she can't fully control her chaos magic. So in one of the most damning lines of the series, one of the citizens asks Wanda this question. If you won't let us go, just let us die, please. Which, you know, you can be on that fine line of whether Wanda is a good guy or a villain. But when you hear that from the people around her, that's like, can you just let us die so we can stop this? Like, that's like, oh. Oh, dang. And then to cap that off, um, Agatha's like... Heroes don't torture people. Kind of just being like, you're... Don't think you're the hero that you think you are, Wanda. So I thought that was a pretty interesting line. I don't know if that impacted you as much as it impacted me. Uh, not not as much as it impacted you, but but it definitely. I definitely think that, that once we get to the end, it's definitely going to play into like my overall kind of philosophical, emotional, maybe not emotional, but just my philosophical thoughts on it because because no matter what your intentions are, people really don't have the right to hold other people physically hostage, a emotionally hostage B and like, and like bend people to their, to their emotional games as it were to, so that they can live out something that they think is, is what it should be or to live out something that they have in their mind as no, this is what everybody else has. So, so I'm going to have it. And I think that really, I think that that is a sentiment that I think really resonates pretty hard with you. Um, it's true. It does. Right? So, yeah. So, yep. I, you know, and so I, we're getting into that part though, Steve, we're getting into those, 
the this new genre of you know it's not even anti-hero anymore right it's not even batman it's it's i'm not a hero or a villain this is just something that i did and oh. and we're going to get to the end of it and find that there really is no accountability at the end yeah let's like, save that let's like save one, the talk yeah, for let's, the let's, end let's, let's, Okay. So okay. We'll, we'll go through here. So Wanda hears this. She starts to open the hex. She lets citizens escape. Um, Hayward sees the opening and he's like, oh, I'm Dr. Hayward. Let's get in there. So he drives a bunch of trucks into there. And um, as the hex is opening, um, Vision and the kids come over to where Wanda is and they start falling apart. And then we get this line. Now do you see? You tied your family to this twisted world and now one can't exist without the other. Okay, so now Wanda's got to make this decision. Do I bring down the hex and lose my family? Or do I leave up the hex and all these people are trapped and I'm a terrible person? So after some people escape, not everyone, Wanda closes the hex and keeps her family alive. Sword is able to get through. Cataract shows up. And then we have an Incredibles moment where Vision shows up. Wanda shows up. Billy and Tommy are there. And they're like, all right, let's do this. And then we get this line. Listen, boys. Your mother and I never really prepared you for this. But you were born for it. I've okay, I I partially love this line and partially hate this line. I love this line because it's a cool thing to say. You were born for this. And they're like, yeah, let's go fight. That part of it I love. The other part was like, I don't think they were born for this. They were I don't, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't so, born for it. So that's a weird line. So, so I'm just I'm just gonna so, so from showrunners, I'm gonna give you a bit of a tip, okay? From now on, and please follow this for the rest of eternity, before any group goes into battle, the only thing you are allowed to say is for Frodo. And that's it. And and we'll know the, the emotional impact, and then we can go with it. Let's that's, the, all, that's all what you can do from now on. Let's go ahead and practice this. Listen, boys. For Frodo. Yep. Yeah, you made it better. There you go. Now we're going for Frodo. So Vision Vision and Cataracts battle in a library, which is cool because battles in libraries are always fun because papers are flying all over the place. Destroying a lot of books makes me sad. But anyway, they well, do that. But but I think I think it's more indicative of like of like what's happening between those two. Exactly. Because right? because Vision is definitely a a an intellectual being, so he's in a library, right? So so I mean, it's cool to see papers and burn and stuff, but I think it's, you know, yeah. the setting is because it's the vision. So Cataracts tells um, Vision, he says, my directive is to destroy the vision. And Vision says, I'm not the real vision either. And they stop looking at each other. Then we cut back to Agatha. who attacks Wait, hang on. You, you skipped over an actual really cool part, right? Because, the sh because which I think, because what they talk about, because they oh, talk that's about. Oh, that's after. That's after this. Oh, it's after? Okay. Yeah. I'll so, so they have a little face-off, and then it cuts to Agatha, attack Sword, Wanda save Sword, Billy and Tommy handy the, handle the military, which they do in less than three seconds, because the military is a big, giant joke. <sighs> I, <laughs> how many and times? And here's Steven's favorite part, right? So this big, <clears throat> bad director. Hayward he gets finally gets right? out of his truck, okay? He gets out of his truck <laughs> to point his gun at two little kids. Because what? reasons... What the F? Monica somehow made her way there, jumps in front of Tommy and Billy or whatever. So first or of all, whatever, so first of all, Monica sacrifices whatever. herself to save kids, which is cool. That's a hero thing to do. I would have been disappointed if she didn't do anything. So I'm glad she did. However, I would like to point this out. This is really important. 
Hayward fires two shots initially at the kids, which is already dumb. But then Monica jumps in the way and stops them. They pass through her, does this cool thing. In that time, Hayward would have realized, like, oh, no, I just shot someone that, I mean, if he believes that the kids are fake or whatever or they're evil, Monica jumps in. He knows that Monica's not evil. She may be a pain in his backside, but Monica's not evil. She's a person. She works with S.W.O.R.D. Her mother was, like, created S.W.O.R.D. He shoots another three times while she is standing there. Yeah. He shoots directly at her three more times to murder her. I have no idea what this character is. People can be like, oh, he's just trying to save her. He shot Monica Rambo three times on purpose, knowing it's fully just, well. And I'm like, what just, is going on? It's just terrible, terrible character development. There because are, there are so many more they, ways. They take him. They take him. The first time we see him, we're like, okay, he could be a director of sword. And then he turns into the ultimate villain, right? He's just like, no, every every good instinct that I may have had, it's gone. I'm just gonna shoot people now, like it, because, like the kids weren't even a threat. They took away the gun. They took away your guns, and like, okay, they're standing there. They didn't kill anyone. They didn't hurt anyone. They took some dude's hat, so you could say that they stole property of sword or whatever, and like, but. but but these two kids, these two kids, right? They they disarm fifteen military um, soldiers, right? Agents of agents of sword take their guns, render them incapable. So so this guy comes out and he's like, "I got this. I'm gonna use my gun, and it's gonna work." Like he didn't think that they were gonna stop his gun i don't know it's, it's just, like it makes zero is it makes zero sense and it frustrates me so much so monica's like whoa cool trick kid and he's like cool trick too i mean they this is a way to show off monica's powers which i guess but you there's so many cooler ways to show off monica's powers there's and we don't even know what her powers are other than she phased through she turned yellow or whatever so then as monica her walks powers, her powers unfortunately steve are whatever plot needs i guess that's true but as monica walks up to hayward he pulls the trigger twice more the slide doesn't lock back, so it's already a fake show, and I'm not going to believe it, right? Because, come on, guys, yeah. make your slides lock back. It was like every, if you remove, if you did one of those cuts of a movie where you removed all the dumb stuff and you removed everything from Sword and you just put everything in in Westview, the show would be four times better. And I really like the show. Anyway, Hayward jumps in the truck. And, he starts and to leave. nothing would be lost. No, nothing would be nothing lost. Would everything be lost. would Everything would still make sense to, for the purpose of the show. So Hayward jumps in the truck, pieces out. Darcy shows up and hit him with a tunnel cake and says, ha, have fun in prison. I would have, if you are hitting someone, Mike, with a funnel cake truck, what's your one-liner? <laughs> what do you come up with? <laughs> this is just. So hopefully it's something better than have fun in prison. I mean. <laughs> Don't drop the soap. Um, here's your funnel cake. Like you just got, you just got funneled. Hey, I hit you with a trick. I don't but, know something better than have fun in prison. Anyway, but but then his only consequences are you're going to prison. Maybe like, like post bail or whatever. Anyway, so now we cut back to the library where Vision and Cataracts are having a conversation about the ship of Theseus. You are familiar with the thought experiment, the ship of Theseus, in the field of identity metaphysics? Naturally. The ship Naturally. of Theseus is an artifact in the museum. Over time, its planks of wood rot and are replaced with new planks. 
when no original plank remains, is it still the ship of Theseus? Secondly, if those removed planks are restored and reassembled free of the rot, is that the ship of Theseus? I would like to say that I am so happy that we got a battle <laughs> inside of like the Marvel Universe that didn't involve just shooting lasers or punching someone like or i think beams. i think this is the one of the coolest like scenes between two characters who's the same character like coming to a conclusion that logically makes sense and like yeah we can say yeah for the sport story plot or whatever it was a very cool scene about i thought of how we as people develop how we as people change i thought it was a interesting like we talk about Wanda being this broken hero trying to put pieces back together. And we, when we talk about the ship of Theseus, how that's kind of what we do as humans. We, we change, we rot. Our experiences are the rot and we replace them with new experiences. And we're not the same person that we used to be. And all these different, like, you know, our failures and our imperfections are what make us who we are. And I thought like this was a really well done, like impactful scene in the season finale. And I really, really liked it. And I thought Paul Bettany did an amazing job bringing the character of Cataracts and the character of the vision through and just being like, you know, and then, and then giving Cataracts all of his memories and unlocking him mm-hmm. and like reforming the actual vision and bringing vision back. It is weird that, right, um, yeah. It is weird that Vision pieced out after all of his memories came back, um, but I'm sure that was just so that. Well, I we think could... he's having. I think he's having an existential crisis at this point, right? So he's like, he's got to go figure out exactly because because not only is he the Vision that we know, he's also the Vision that that um, that Wanda created. He has the, uh, that Wanda created, but then also that Hayward had a hand in, right? So he's got to go get square with himself exactly what his place is in the world, right? So I, I just figured is they needed him gone so that Wanda and Vision could have their moment at the end without another Maybe. without another vision being there. Because the vision would have been like, okay, I'm I'm the vision now. Um that was just my right. thought. So then then Cataracts pieces out and Vision goes outside to help Wanda. And then Wanda pulls an Age of Ultron trick and gets inside of Agatha's head and takes her back to sixteen ninety three where she's being killed by the coven. You see, the difference between you and me is that you did this on purpose. So now when Monica, when Wanda delivers this line, I'm like, ah, I don't know. I th- like Wanda's kind of a liar at this point because she did partially do some of this on purpose because she could have stopped at any time once she realized what was happening. But she didn't. So, I mean, she's trying to shoot some blame off, which I guess is natural for people to do when they realize that they've kidnapped hundreds of people and don't want to go in jail. And like face the consequences of that. So Wanda seems to think that she's like has the moral high ground. Does she though? Probably not. So the zombie witches wake up and they turn on Wanda. And Agatha's like, yo, I told you. And zombie Evan Nora um, Harkness calls, gives um, Wanda this title, which I thought was interesting. Chaos. So I thought this was, this stood out to me for some reason. So I went on to the Marvel wiki and there actually is a Lord of chaos in the Marvel universe that kind of has a long history of like 
there's kind of this balance of control and chaos and there is a Lord of chaos. So I'm wondering if somehow maybe eventually like the Lord of chaos will come into play into the MCU. Um, and the Scarlet Witch is kind of the harbinger, almost like the silver surfer is like the Herald of Galactus. So maybe something similar like that, but who knows they could have told us this and it could have just been an all lie and it's really all fake and Fiatro doesn't really mean anything. So, <laughs> but Agatha says that her spell can't be undone. It will always be broken. This world you made will always be broken. Just like you. And this is one of those things that got me thinking about just like, you know, we are, we're all broken people. And I think it's more interesting. Like you were talking about, you know, like what kind of heroes do we have? Cause we have people like, um, Steve Rogers, who was, he's like, he's like the Boy Scout, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got Tony Stark, who was obviously very flawed. And we've got a lot of different types of heroes. We're not just all like, hey, we're all perfect. And now let's go save the day. And they're not all evil or whatever. But it's just kind of interesting that that's the theme of the show, I thought, is that we're all broken people and we're trying to figure things out. But some of us decide not to imprison a bunch of people. So Agatha tries the, tries to magic Wanda, um, but she can't magic no more because Wanda put runes around the hex. So Wanda's like, Sucka. because 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 she was taught how to do that? Maybe she just like memorized what the runes look like. And no, no, yeah, you're right. Oh, this this part bugged me again because we get this sky battle and she's throwing stuff and we think, oh, she's just missing. No, she's casting runes because comeuppance and connection to a thing that happened um, in a previous episode. Like, well, who taught you to do that, Wanda? No, you just you're just coming up with stuff on your own. Uh, it, it, again, stuff stuff that that characters get to do that aren't. That, that isn't earned. You yeah. didn't earn how to create a create a rune. Whatever. Especially, it's probably pretty complicated, also. But again, like if we removed all the sword stuff, we probably would have had time for that. So Wanda becomes yeah. a Scarlet Witch, and she like sucks all the power back out of Agatha, and she gets a cool new costume. I don't know. I thought her sweatpants and hoodie were probably the best superhero costume that we've had so far. <laughs> I thought that was great. So then Agatha's like, you know what? Oh God, you don't know what you've done. And then Wanda was like, <laughs> and that's my Lincoln Park joke for the episode. So Agatha is defeated and she wants to know what's going to happen to her next. Okay. So she's on the ground and Wanda's in her cool costume and she's like, I have learned all the lessons um, that I need to. I will no longer entrap people or kidnap people. I am now going to be a hero Avenger again. Good girl. So what now? Just gonna lock me up somewhere? No, not somewhere. Here. Here? Mm hmm. I'll give you the role you chose the nosy neighbor. No, please. I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're cruel. You have, you have no idea what you've unleashed. You're gonna need me. If I do, I know where to find you. Wait, wait, wait. So Mike, as you're playing with your Rubik's Cube. <laughs> <laughs> it helps me think. 
Like, did she just not learn anything about entrapping people and like keeping well, them? Steve, Steve, you you've forgotten that that she has to stay there because obviously she's going to be a setup for something, and that's really that. That's what I'm learning is that the Marvel movie isn't for the movie that you're watching now. It's for the movie that you're going to watch next, right? Everything is a setup for something. And because I guess Agatha was bad, she's it's a, it's okay for her to be kept captive because she was bad. So was she reasons. bad? Was Agatha bad? She there, there was definitely something that she was trying to get from wanda for what purpose right she she didn't want to take all of wanda's powers because she wanted to start her own cooking channel maybe maybe she wanted those sweet uh subscribers and just making bank i'm but i, I mean I, I don't think that's what it was i mean so the only thing that so if we look at agatha she trapped boner face right and yeah. Tried to get some secrets out of her, took Wanda back on a path of discovery, seeing how broken she is, and then was like, I just really want your powers, and she's got the dark hold, so maybe that makes her bad, but, I mean, like, Wanda just, like, learned a lesson of, like, I shouldn't entrap all these people, but then she does it right away to Agatha. Like, she doesn't know if Agatha deserves it. Like, um, I mean, maybe, Agatha, like, I'd get mad if uh, someone came up and choked my two kids also. Like, that would make me mad. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just so weird that they're like, all right, now you're going to be trapped here. You're going to stay in Westview. Like no one knows her in Westview. No one even knows Agnes in Westview. And now she's going to be hanging out homeless, living in Boner's um, well, place. Well, yeah. And then and then if you look towards the end of the episode and we'll get there. Right. So so after because this is all going to tie in at the end. So after Wanda tells Agatha that she's going to stay here, no one will bother you. Um Vision knows Wanda starts to collapse the hex and everything starts to return to normal, right? So this is this is kind of the part where it breaks down for me. Um, we have this emotional moment where Wanda's putting the kids to bed. She knows that it's the last time that they're going to see him. Vision is there. They know what's going to happen. They know what's 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 um, what's going to take place. So they say goodbye to the boys. There's an emotional moment. They go downstairs. Um, Wanda and Vision have have this great kind of you know talking um, farewell talking. They have a great talking. Oh yeah, great <laughs> and talking. It has some great dialogue. And and one of the one of the really cool lines is that you know we've said before we've said before we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason that we're gonna say hello again. Like that that's kind of a neat line. And then and then the entire hex disappears which which leads me to think okay so now this whole experience all of it is gone but but agatha is still under the control and and again like who's she being a neighbor to because then because then wanda pieces out she just leaves not before so, she goes and walks up to monica talk to monica for some reason there's no other reason for her to walk back into the town she could have left from her home but she has to walk back into town see all the and people she, around her talk to monica and she owes monica nothing no she doesn't there's she, absolutely she, nothing and then monica says to wanda they'll never know what you sacrificed for them it wouldn't change how they see me 
And I'm like, what does that mean? What did you sacrifice for them? Because either they do know or they don't. But or, or they, like she so didn't either. Either the, ex, uh, Wanda didn't sacrifice anything for the people of Westview. She entrapped them for nine days and didn't let their kids go out of their room for nine days. Like and, babies, and didn't prob- let them sleep. Babies them probably died because yeah, babies and- weren't fed, or the people at the local hospital weren't getting their medications, mm-hmm. and people were stuck trying to put up halloween ornaments and stuff and they were crying and they want people wanted to die like there's this like there's no accountability of 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 course like no one is going to be able to stop wanda at this point anyway right wanda is now an avengers level threat just like what's his face says and like far from home oh this is an avengers level threat like no one's going to stop Wanda anyway but when monica's like yeah i would have done it too to see my mom it's like really you would have like entrapped all these people and like you know kept them away from their family because that line makes it all okay at the end that's not what heroes do the problem is is that is that and and i'm really sad that we're that we're harping so much on on what could have been a really good season finale but it seems like the writers had these lines before they had any everything leading up to it they they sat in a room and said we want Monica to say they will never know what you did for them. And now let's fill it in as, as a backlog. And that doesn't... It's very no, comic booky. There's no actual payoff there. And then... Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And and then Steve... And, and so and so Wanda says that she's going to you know learn her powers and she, she leaves... And then the unmarked SUVs show up that Jimmy supposedly called, right? And and here's my thing, okay? Here's my thing. Jimmy's character arc went from likable, bumbling FBI guy to all of a sudden guy in charge who can pick handcuff locks. That, again, that doesn't seem earned to me. Darcy's character really never even amounted much to anything at all she had one payoff at the end where she stopped um hayward but okay you drove a truck cool right so so her character didn't do much monica then her entire reason for being present in this series was to set her up for captain marvel 2 because somehow she had to get powers that's it Right. So zero payoff for me. And then the thing that bugs me, Steve, when you walk into a movie theater, how far down do you need to get before you realize the theater's empty? It's a good question. I would walk into the door and be like, this theater is empty. Why do you have to walk all the way down to the screen, turn around, look like you're surprised and go, where are they? Like, like, do, do is it is it normal for shield or sword agents to be like ducking down in a movie theater and then like pop up when you get there? I think it, I think it's funny that that's the thing that's like really bugging you about this. So then Monica's like the person that it, talks it to gets Monica. More buggy. Okay, the person that talks to Monica becomes a scroll and is like, "Yo, Nick Fury would like to talk to you up in space." And we like space because we spent a lot of time talking about space in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Right. And and again, to tie up her arc for me, completely unearned. 
um, very one-dimensional character, just like Captain Marvel was in her movie. Hasn't earned anything up until this point. Not, I, not looking forward to, to Captain Marvel 2. You know, thinking of, like, as we talk about Monica's character, like, it would have been much better if she had her, like, own three-episode miniseries that just focused on her and her story. Mm -hmm. Because, like, having her in WandaVision, like, they're, like you keep saying, and, like, it's it sucks because this is how you set up a character. And maybe, like, most people won't even come watch WandaVision, although it's one of the most watched streaming shows ever. Like, it's just, it's not an interesting way to set up the character because, oh, she went through the heck, she has powers, and now she's going to go. It would have been cooler if Jimmy Woo and Monica, like, had to go solve an actual crime or find an actual missing person in their own four-episode series where they could have the spotlight, they could do the investigating, they could show us, like, what their real skill set is, other than, well, I don't even know what their skill set is, because it, we just didn't have one. Plot device. Yeah, instead right? of Plot just, device. instead of, like, so, just, like, let's move from point A to point B to point C, and eventually we'll end up at the end, regardless of anything that we have done. Because, oh, you right. found out who Boner was. Okay, cool. Like, again, it didn't, it didn't matter at the end. So, Right. I like Bully I feel for you, right? Yeah, I feel bad that that's, you know, kind of how it ended up because it really wasn't like my favorite part of the show at all. Anyway, so then we get yeah. end credits number 2. Wanda's off and drinking some tea physically in this cabin. We go in, we also see an astral projection of her. She's reading the dark hold, trying to get all kinds of secrets. I'm sure that won't turn out bad. And then she hears cries because of Billy and Tommy crying for help. Because the first thing she learns how to do is create an astral projection. She is stronger than the like, Sorcerer Supreme. And we actually. But the Sorcerer Supreme still had to learn how to do that. We Someone also. had to show him how to do it. We also don't know how long after the show this was. So. That is true. It could have been a long time. It could have been whatever. Although it's like, all right, read this creepy book or go talk to the witch that I have under my control. Let's go with read the creepy I'm gonna book. I'm going to read the creepy book. Yeah. I, like. <laughs> Like, I was really hoping that Agatha would end up, like, taking Wanda under her wing. And again, like, I'm not married to my speculation. I just, it's tough when your speculation is so much better than how it actually turns out. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that are upset about Mephisto not showing up. And it just seems like when you set up a show like this. Or did he? Or did he? When you set up a show like this, you usually want to set up more questions than answers. But also, you have to have answers to some of the questions. You can't not answer like 70% of the questions that we have. And so and so here are some of the big questions that we still have, right? Where is New Vision? What is he doing at this point? Okay, because we know he's out there in the world. Okay. What is happening with Sword? Is it is it still Is it an, an evil sword? Exactly. Is it is it Hydra Sword? Ugh. obviously they're still operating because they set up Captain Marvel 2. Here's the question that I wish was answered, and maybe it was answered and I just missed it. Who is the missing person? Um, it was never answered. It was, it was a plot device to get Jimmy there that, again, just didn't have any payoff. But it's also something that it's like, you, I don't know if you necessarily have to pay that off, 
But you can't leave a question like that. Like that was the impetus for this. That was the beginning. That is the reason that we all question went. you have to pay off. I, That's I would think why they were there. I would think so. But again, it's like I would rather know, like, you know, where the dark hold come from. Why? What is the Scarlet Witch more than just, oh, it's super scary. You know, I would like to know a little bit more about those things. I don't need all the answers, but, you know, right. like, you know, we, we look back at all the commercials that she had, like all those things, like what was the yo magic, all that stuff. Like there were so many things that we were led to believe were a thing like Agatha killing Sparky. Like why did Agatha kill Sparky? Mm-hmm. Like I still have no idea why what was the that- purpose of that just to show that she was evil and I'm not sure not like her more like like what what was the purpose why so, oh, so I, I would have liked I would have liked to pay off on on why when the characters did break character I'm, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Deborah Jo Rupp characters characters um, um, experience yeah. at dinner yeah what what brought her out of that I would have I would have liked that to be tied up a little bit. It doesn't, it's not weighing on my shoulders or anything, but it would have been nice to kind of figure out why. But I mean, and I get, and I guess since we, since we finished, since we finished going through the episode scene by scene, we can do kind of like an overall. Overall, I enjoyed the series. It was entertaining. I liked it. It had good moments. It had uh, quote unquote tense moments. Um, it had some things that were want want. It had some things that were like, oh, that's cool. That actually really got me. I actually did an audible, you know, guffaw or, or an an audible oh, that that really happened kind of thing. Um, so the overall theme of the of the whole series was Wanda's dealing with grief. People don't people don't maybe deal with grief the way that they should. A lot of times we keep it bottled up and we try to project things on people that aren't really there that is ultimately damaging for us and them. That might be like a great theme of this series. And and knowing that it may be good to like get help where needed, right? Because there's a lot of times where <laughs> there's a lot of times where if Wanaku would have picked up the phone and called Hawkeye, like so many things would be different right yeah. now. Right. So like maybe maybe that's one of the things. Get help if you need it. It's it's tough to know when you need help though, I think is what is what another one of the themes was. And and I think a big thing is also that no matter how hard you try, it's pretty wrong to try to control someone yeah. and make someone do your bidding. Like that's that's not okay in any in any way, shape, or form. You a person shouldn't have that kind of power over someone else's life to make them either exist or not exist. Right? So was it was it okay for Wanda to bring Vision back? He didn't want to be back. They they hammered that point home pretty hard that in in Vision's will, living will, he didn't want to be he didn't want to come back. He didn't want to which, come back which, as a weapon. Well, but then you can kind of read into it as like he, yeah, he had I, made a decision. I would assume no matter how he came yeah. back, he was brought back in a way that against that his will. He didn't choose. Yeah. Even if it was something that he wanted, right? But then also, you know, so Wanda can't create life, but you know, create these these things, but you people can't also 
destroy someone's life without like you, you don't have that power either. Right. And like, and like, I think, I think it kind of fits really well. And what I'm pulling from it, just, I can understand it and, and enjoy it from that aspect. But, but I, I do see the flaws and the holes in the Swiss cheese of the MCU. And, and I hope it gets better because now in nine days we get Falcon and winter soldier. Cause now what is that going to look like? Am I, am I nervous now for what that's going to turn into a little bit? Um, am I speaking in the third person? Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I answering my own questions? Sure. Yeah. I could but... answer some of them too, but um, <laughs> one of the things that I am excited for, cause I, I also overall enjoyed this show. I enjoyed the speculation of the show, the, you know, what could happen? What's this? What's that? Like, I enjoy that stuff. And maybe partially my disappointment in the finale is because it is over. And because this was very much not a pointing to what, look at that sign over there is referencing this. And maybe that's part of my disappointment with the finale that all of that's gone. Now it's just like, hey, this is the end. Like all of your speculation either added up to this or added up to nothing. So I understand that that's partially it because because I really love just like talking about, oh, this could be this and this is cool because that stuff is fun. Like we have talked about this show like a lot and it's been a lot of fun to speculate and talk about the things that we enjoyed, the things that we didn't enjoy. I think this was a great first outing for Marvel on Disney Plus for a limited series. I hope that they're like, they see this and whatever Winter Soldier is, they're like, we could do more of this. Like, I think it'd be cool to get smaller series with different characters. They don't have to, even if they're like D tier characters, you know, tell me a story about, you know, Ghost Rider or whatever, or something just out there that, yeah, 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 you're probably right. But they're, they're, you know, we could get more stories. And again, like you said, Mike, they don't all have to tie in to the greater MCU. Like when we always talk about Star Wars and like, can we have a story without a Skywalker? Huh? Can we do that? Like there would be some really cool things you could do without tying into everything that's happening in the MCU. Do we do we need to know the origin of the gold dice that hang from the rearview mirror in the Millennium Falcon? That I didn't even no. recognize ever as a kid growing up. They just kind of, oh, there's dice now. Anyway. The like, answer is we don't. Yeah, I'm excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm excited for the Loki series with Owen Wilson. Like I'm, And you know what? We will deep dive into those and we will speculate into those and we will be ultimately disappointed when all of our speculation turns out to that we were completely wrong and we'll be fine with that or or we will we will enjoy it if there isn't crappy writing that too mike and with that being said this has been episode 163 of the freelancer codex podcast like mike said all of us are struggling with something we're all all a little broken inside and that's okay none of us are perfect i know it's easy to compare us to other people who seem like they have all their crap together they probably don't we're all dealing with our own demons. We're all fighting them as best as we can. We're all dealing with them as best as we can. And let's just try to lift each other up and help each other out and not add to those problems. Um, I tell my kids all the time, let's be problem solvers and not problem creators and stop creating problems for other people. So anyway, thank you to, if you have, if you're still listening, thank you. You're awesome. You're amazing. We love you. We really do. And we'll see you next time when we talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, there's supposed to be one of the um, behind we'll the scenes. Then, though, right? Yeah. 
Well, it's next week. Actually, actually, yeah, we probably is it really next week? Yeah, it's next oh, Friday. Man. So probably, I'll um, I'll be here Wednesday. Probably no epi- probably no episode next week because I will be gone. Oh man, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna have to monologue? They caught me monologuing. You may have to monologue, or you could take spring break off. I like Just this saying. plan. I like this plan. <laughs> um, but until next time, there is a one division like behind the scenes thing that's gonna drop that did like the the Star Wars treatment where they showed off everything and talked to a bunch of people. So that's supposed to drop pretty soon. I'm excited for that because I want to hear that. So, all right, everyone, we'll talk to you later. And I'm going to end with this awesome punch from Agatha. Ah! Bye. You are listening to the Freelancer Codex, a podcast brought to you by the Shut Up and Respawn Network.